0: the keys to success. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Good Karma. Whether you are a newbie or an experienced internet explorer, our host will find the answers that you seek, ask the questions that others are afraid to ask, so that you may reap the rewards of your Good Karma. And now, here's the host of Good Karma, Good ROI,
1: Greg Nyland. Excellent. Excellent. Hey everybody, welcome back for another fun, exciting week here where we help all the old dogs learn some new tricks and also help explain the stuff to the newbies so that way they can all make money like us. This week on the show, I got Ted Ewell, a.k.a. Tedster, who is the moderator at Webmaster World for the Google forums, Uh, and other than that, he runs a few websites, making a few uh, dimes and quarters, I hear. Hey, Ted, how you
2: doing? Doing fine, Greg.
1: Um, so, everybody's talking about Google. It's even talked about now in Forbes magazine. What's going on when Google is, you know, the big thing in Forbes magazine, huh?
2: Yeah, well, well, what's going on is the uh, same thing that happens when anybody gets a very large mind share. Uh, it's a significant change. They're not the cute little graduate project that came out of, you know, students uh, that they were 10 years ago. Um, the the big deal is that uh, <clears throat> there's going to be an awful lot of explaining to be done for the next few years because people are really confused about their relationship to Google, about what Google is altogether, about what the Internet is altogether.
1: Yeah, uh, it- I think that really does put it, I mean, before I used to go into a room and if I ever told somebody, you know, that I was doing search engine optimization or internet marketing, they would have no idea what I was talking about. But now, more and more people, when I go, you know, talk with somebody that doesn't know me and they find that out, it's like they find out I'm a doctor and they start telling me all their problems.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's it. It. Well, you know, a big deal that's going on here is is, is a kind of human psychology problem. Uh, any adult who realizes that somebody else has major control over him gets concerned, gets really concerned. And I think that's the problem right now that, that Google faces with the webmaster community is that everybody's going oh, my God, you have got my butt, (laughs) you know, and uh, (laughs) they're worried about it, and uh, they're not completely sure how they can deal with this.
1: Yeah, I I mean...
2: They don't even trust them anymore.
1: Well, there is a reason to be paranoid, because as you say, um, if somebody is controlling, you know, 100% of your traffic or if yep. not 100%, you know, a vast majority of your traffic as a lot of websites. Even though Google has, you know, about a 60% market share, a lot of people only rank well in Google.
2: So yeah, 100% pretty much, true. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> the interesting thing to me is that I, my personal sense is that Google as a company is much more aware of that issue than anybody else ever was in the history of the Internet. You know, they, they, they know that that when a, a business's uh, rankings flop, they might end up taking the bread out of mouths, out of many mouths. They understand that situation of power in a way that I never saw it before. It uh, doesn't mean that they've got an answer yet. We've got a monster on our hands here.
1: Yeah, uh, very true. And it's not that, you know, if Google does one thing, it's not that they're being malicious, uh, really. It's... And it's not like, you know, nobody's spending money online. It just means one store is going to get the money or another store is going to get the money, you know? Yeah.
2: Um, Yeah. It isn't, I think you said the key thing there, it isn't that they're being malicious. People, when they think about Google, they try to think about it as, like, you know, one thing. Like it was a person. Like they could sit down with Google and have a couple beers. <laughs> it's <laughs> not going to work that way. It's not how Google works. It's a big business. Businesses get crazy. They have thousands of employees. Communications fall apart.
1: You know, things
2: yeah, mean, get dropped. I mean, Google, so they actually started up uh, Webmaster
1: Central. You know, they actually now have a whole team that's dedicated talking to Webmasters.
2: Yeah, and I understand they intend to grow it, and and I'd say incredible props to them. That's an outstanding thing. Sure, it's good PR, but it's really helpful if you put Webmaster Central information in the right category of your head. Um, You may have noticed, if you use it for any of your websites, that sometimes the data in there is a little funky. And anybody who finds themselves completely dependent on what they can learn from webmaster Central I think is making a big mistake uh you gotta look at your own stats too you've gotta do your own analysis if you're getting traffic, it doesn't much matter what webmaster Central tells you you know you've gotta mm-hmm. you've gotta trust your own senses in addition to using them as another data point and a very helpful data point i mean. Sometimes you can find out that you're uh, you're ranking for things you didn't know you were. You find all kinds of neat information from them. Uh, And this is information they already knew anyway. I'm not talking about handing over all your conversion tracking to them or something like that, something scary like that. (laughs) 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 I'm just talking about getting the the automatic default data that they've already got and they're willing to share with you, and who else does that? Well, Yahoo's starting to do that, too. You can can authenticate your site with... uh, site explorer, and get some detailed information from Yahoo, uh, which is a gesture in the same direction. It's it's all good stuff.
1: Oh, it is. It is. Um, And and I actually have a really funny story about ranking for weird terms. Yeah. Because um, when I had Jennifer Laycock on my show, um, we were talking about the National Pork Council and the breastfeeding misunderstanding. And then after that, I had a charity event for Ronald McDonald's House. (laughs) So now, I am ranking number one if somebody's searching for Ronald McDonald's House breastfeeding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You, You might say, who cares? Well, it actually drove 100 visitors to my site. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's absolutely amazing what kinds of things bring in traffic. And especially when you get into, well, you just named that one's obvious, but when you get into words that have uh, multiple meanings, ambiguities, when phrases end up meaning something completely different than the two words that are in the phrase, yeah, you get some really funny stuff and you go, how the devil does that ever get there?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about an old thing that's been bounced around a lot, and, you know, I don't think a lot of people understand it really, like, wh- how to use it and how not to use it. And what I'm talking about is Google PageRank, uh, ah. because Google PageRank, they still, the newbies don't realize that when people say Google PageRank, they're referring to t- Toolbar PageRank, which is a snapshot. It's not accurate. You know, the green little pixels that you see in the Google toolbar, that is the page rank a few months ago. Google only updates it about four times a year. So newbies don't realize that, I think. Then the middle level people, they start oversimplifying the Google toolbar and start saying it doesn't matter. You don't need any page rank, you know. And then they start getting hurt with link exchanges. What do you think about that?
2: What do I think about them get, getting hurt with link exchanges? Well, no, no, no. With PageRank, by well, you, disregarding, you nailed the, the, it, the beginning. I mean, obviously, the the, the the total newbie. No, it doesn't mean where you rank on a search. You know, the next newbie. Mm-hmm. You know what you see on the toolbar is not accurate. Google constantly, every day, recalculating PageRank. They, they came up with some brilliant mathematics, <clears throat> and they recalculated every day based on whatever their newest spider data is. So you're never stuck at what you see in the PageRank. Now, there's other things. The PageRank tool can go flaky on you, can report something wrong. Um, PageRank, although it used to be a huge chunk of the Google... Algo is nowhere near that anymore. Uh, PageRank has nothing to do with topics, nothing to do with themes, keywords, anything like that. It's a pure link pop measure. And that's another thing people really misunderstand. Uh, it, it's just a factor that says, the best way to understand it, for, that I think, mathematically, is the idea of a random walk. Uh, if you start, the idea is if you start on a random page on the web and just start randomly clicking links, what are the odds that you're going to end up on this page? That's its page rank. Yeah. And that's basically what the math was aiming to calculate. Now there's all kinds of stuff they're doing in there. This and that doesn't pass page rank anymore and so forth and so on and how does it get divided up? And something about the most recent export they did, the toolbar looks a little funny, like an awful lot of page rank went down and not nearly so much went up. Um, open OpenSource.org uh, went from nine to six. That's pretty outrageous. Um, so, you know, you take it with a grain of salt. Again, it's one data point, and it isn't even your data point. You can't do anything with it. Uh, much more important than PageRank, of course, is your rankings. More important than your rankings is your real traffic. More important than your traffic is your conversions in your bank account. you got to keep your eye on the ball and not get uh, obsessively crazy about a PageRank number that's coming from the toolbar. And that's the only one any of us can get, with the exception of... Gets a little more up to date data. I understand by going into a uh, Webmaster Tool account, they keep that a little fresher. That data still, um, that's in there.
1: Yeah, if you have real, you know, page rank. I, we're not talking about you know tricking out your page rank stuff. You know, right. if you actually um, deserve high page rank, because there's still people that are messing around with like uh, you know redirects, so that way they could change their page rank.
2: They can make their page rank show up as a big number when it isn't really... Exactly, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, funny, you can do that. You can fake page rank. Another reason not to worship what's there for you or for your business partners or anything else, do your business, you know? Um, Yeah. Crazy to get get totally absorbed in some little thing. It has a value, but, boy, keep it in its place. But, Right. right,
1: and by keeping it in its place, we're also, or at least I'm saying you know, it doesn't mean that page rank is worthless because um, a guy that I help with his website, he does a great job. He's really good on like, you know, 95% of the stuff and I just touch base with him every now and then when he has, you know, technical problems. And he came to me and he goes, he just started working on getting, you know, relevant links and all this stuff, you know, and just going after targeted stuff. And that because of that, He got a lot more better stuff in general, but he did have one problem. His page rank fell. And then when he started to negotiate link exchanges and banner placements and things like that, people then that aren't familiar with, you know, what page rank really is all about started giving him a hassle because he fell from a page rank six to a page rank five. They saw it as Google demoting his site and not realizing that, you know, For his site, a PR5 or a PR6, it didn't matter, you know? I'm totally
2: with you on that. Uh, That's one of the places where the market in general um, is confused and um, making really bad judgments um, based on that silly little green pixel. And that's, that's simply a marketplace education issue. It worked, as I said, we have an awful lot of yelling to do at a lot of people for a lot of years till they wake up to what the situation really is. Um, you're right. You know, when you bring this up about PageRank, it actually sort of segues me into a sort of similar issue, and that's the Supplemental Index.
1: Oh, uh, let's tackle that one because that's a huge one.
2: A, it's a huge one, and the way it relates to PageRank is that if you don't have... Duplicate URL problems and that kind of thing, which can cause a URL to go into the supplemental index. Low page rank, low low link pop, however you want to understand it, for your page is a common reason to get thrown into supplemental index. And that's a uh, a good indicator sometimes if you see an important page that you would like to have come up on a lot of SERPs. And you see an important URL like that, that's supplemental, check its page rank, get some more link pop to it, because that's really, you know, what you've got is a scalability problem for Google, for any search engine. How do you deal with, Lord knows how many URLs they have now. You know, 40 billion, 50 billion something, I have no idea. They're not talking anymore, you know. It's not even an easy thing to uh, define. So they've got a problem and they don't there are certain pages that are just gonna say hey this is a backwater we're not gonna look here all that often and that's the supplemental index not that a supplemental url can't rank on a really precise long tail search because it can it can rank number one if it's a perfect match but it is still as forbes magazine said it's kind of a google hell <laughs> um, there's no doubt about it. And the thing that's going on here is there's overreaction to the supplemental index. When it was first introduced back at uh, Big Daddy evolution time, um, actually a little before that, but right around Big Daddy, there was some kind of a bug. And people started talking about their whole site going supplemental. And it was a bug. And sites were getting most of their or all of their URLs marked as supplemental uh, improperly. So it was a sign that you had a major issue and it was panic time. That's not really the way it is today. I, In addition to my own projects, I, I consult for some really large websites, people that are selling... 800,000 or a million SKUs online. They have over a million legitimate URLs, not just, you know, internal search URL kind of thing. And you're going to have supplemental pages. And if you look at them, a lot of times the algo nailed it. Yeah, that page is a backwater. How is that going to be a relevant thing for the average searcher? You know? They got it right. You know, so the idea that you can have. Uh, a website of significant size with no supplemental pages is crazy. It's just not, you know, this is not the first pox that showed up on your face that means you better run to the doctor.
1: Right. I had a guy that came to me totally upset, and by upset, I mean he's like on the verge of screaming. He is so upset about this because he just discovered that his site, which has over a 1,000 pages, he found out 50 of these pages were in supplemental and these pages were uh, articles of his from 2005 okay and i'm talking to him and i'm like look we can take care of this and i can get it out of supplemental if you want but first let's take a step back and let's create a four tier system of priorities okay give me your top 10 pages that you care about give me your top 20 pages give me your top 50 give me your top 100, and then there's everything else, okay? Mm-hmm. And he quickly realized, oh, wait a minute, you know, this article from 2005 that had almost no links, had no keyword that anybody was going to search for that he cared about, you know, like it wasn't going to convert for anything. It might get, like, one visitor in an entire year, and at which point he was a lot better, you know, he was like, oh, okay, then I don't care if it's in supplemental or not. You know?
2: Yeah, yeah you exactly. Website, That's exactly the attitude that, that I think needs to evolve for people. Um, you know, obviously, if you're monitoring this and all of a sudden a big number of URLs start to go supplemental and they weren't for a long time, yeah, you want to find out what's wrong. It's a sign that something's wrong. I think I mentioned something along those lines. One of the things Google does is uh, they watch history they'd watch the history of your backlink growth and decline. You may find pages go supplemental if they don't have recent backlinks, even if it looks like they have decent backlinks, you know. But if they were only in that PR3 area and they don't get any more backlinks, that page is getting aged, it's getting a little long in the tooth, and it could pick up a supplemental ranking for that, which would probably go away with one new backlink that wasn't from a scraper type.
1: Now, Ted, are you going on the record here saying that Google discriminates against senior citizen pages?
2: Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) My uh, uh, my
1: apologies to (laughs) (laughs)
2: Go60Guy.
1: But, yeah, um, there's two things going on. link rot, which is a natural thing, you know, people that are linking to you over time, you know, their websites will go down or their pages will get deleted or something. So you'll naturally lose links. Um, But the other thing is also you'll see competition rising. So regardless of how Google's looking at it, I would tell anybody with a website that they care about uh, at least every three months go after some new links. Even if you're ranking number one you know you should always every few months go out get yourself some new links to take care of yourself um, also build up new ways for the search engines to find your content
2: yeah, so. you're on it <laughs> All right, let's exactly, yeah, quick- there's no set it and forget it with a website oh yeah
1: uh, if you want to set it and forget it that's called selling your domain <laughs> <And if> you- <laughs> give me a call we can make a nice deal i'll take your ha- domain off of your hands um, but, yeah, you, if you want a domain to do well, uh, you have to always spend constant work on it. Um, and some of this work you can outsource, but, you know, it, you just can't ignore it. We're going to take a quick commercial break, listen to our fabulous sponsors, and be right back talking more about the Google. Bye-bye. Stick around. Good karma. We'll be back
0: after this short break. Excellent, excellent. Boys and you girls, too. I'm here to talk to you about Milnik Media, the best CPA network. Period. They sure know how to deliver, and I know something about deliverance. Now, you want to get paid? Damn right you do. We'll make sure you get your money. Milnik Media's got support people who know their ass from their elbow. Need a new jet ski? How about one of them new newfangled plasma TVs? Well, cousin Jeremy here will hook you up with our performance rewards program. Email submits, zip submits, ringtones, Hell, we got them all! yee Hey there, it's Cousin Jeremy. Get on over to M-I-L-L-N-I-C-media.com and we'll have you so happy, you'll be squilling like a pig. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types hooker, escort, hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. <laughs> he has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes, one click, great results. One traffic? content is king? Yeah, what's that mean? I don't even have a clue. Hmm, wonder if that's important. Important? Search engine optimized web content is essential. Essential for maximizing page rank. Essential for increasing sales. Getwebcontent.com is the internet's foremost provider of custom written search engine optimized copy. Getwebcontent.com is easy to access and ultra cost effective. Right now, copy is indeed king. And getwebcontent.com is the king of copy. Check it out today. Now, back to Good Karma, only on
1: Webmaster Now, here's your host. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's Greg Nyland here, and I got Ted Yule, and we're talking all about Google stuff today. Um, so, we just were talking about supplemental. Um, you know, it's a big problem, and. It's a problem in that so much a lot of people don't truly understand what's going on. Um, But if you head on over to Webmaster World, where Ted's a moderator in the Google Forum, you can read up a lot about it and educate yourself a good bit. So that way you can avoid Google hell. Sounds right, correct? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Avoiding Google hell. That's the theme of today.
2: Um, uh, Forbes really did us a favor with that, huh?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: uh, we should get t-shirts made up with that one.
2: <laughs> Are you
1: in Google Hell? Fuck me! Yep.
2: By the way, one of the things people should realize is that that there's, uh, they're making more extensive use of the supplemental index than they used to. So you know, as it, at the same time that it becomes not. Uh, a terrible kiss of death that it was um it's also um, it's growing um, the um i don't, you know it actually grew and then it shrank just a little bit from what I can see from the data I get but uh you know this is google 's business. you should understand what they 're trying to do and uh and just line yourself up with what they 're trying to do. And I pointed out with the story about your friend, a lot of times if you just take an honest look at the page that's supplemental, you go, yeah, that makes sense.
1: (laughs) Right. You
2: know, you want to get upset, but um, eh, can't blame Google. Come on. Yeah. I mean, we'd all love to have a million pages all ranking and generating traffic, right? (laughs) But we
1: can't be Wikipedia.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we would love it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see um, a uh, Wikipedia's log files. you know, like a stats program done for them. Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It would be absolutely, absolutely wonderful. It would be better than that uh, AOL data leak from last year, you know. (laughs) It would be stunning. (laughs) Um,
1: Hey, um... Let's talk about, we mentioned it briefly before, but, you know, let's get into this because it is becoming a lot more of a topic. Google uh, data, you know, to trust or not to trust what they're saying?
2: Hmm. Well, we can talk about any particular kind of Google data. Let's, let's start with some of the really simple stuff. Uh, let's talk about a, a site operator where you don't even need to go into a Webmaster Central, you know? Right. Site operator, if you watch it over time, has a bad case of the hiccups. <laughs> I mean, you really get uh, one month to the next over the past year or so has just been sort of amazing the changes that come in there. Um, you know, that it, it's not—it's clearly not dependable in any kind of take it to the bank way. It's only dependable as a kind of data point, a kind of input that you can use. So that would go for a site operator, or even worse, we have sometimes people focusing on other operators like uh, in URL or uh, info. Those get even crazier. I've oh, seen yeah. An info I don't even use those site. anymore because... We have no so information underlying. about that site. And you do the site operator, and you get a couple thousand pages. So you got to, those public operators alone are, you know, take it with a big grain of salt, but it's worth looking at. But don't don't get crazy about it, you know? Now, mm-hmm. if you want to get into your Webmaster Tools account, I, I don't know how many people who listen to the show have ever worked with a huge data set, and I mean huge, but I'll bet you none of us have ever worked with the kind of data that Google does have never worked with uh, hundreds of thousands of servers in a server farm. There's just no way that data can be stable and 100% dependable for every domain all the time. can't happen. There's just too much stuff going on here. It's crazy. I think it's amazing that they can even do what they do, and it's gotten better. But one more time... You just can't 100% depend on it. If I were running Google Analytics, which I don't, but some of my clients do, I would not trust that unless I bumped what they have to say up against some other kind of an analysis package that I run, too. It can be bare bones. Uh, but if, if they come up with something that's in a completely different league from what I see from my independent analysis... <laughs> I'm not gonna buy it, you know
1: right yeah uh, um i mean google it forget about Google, let's just call it some other company out there okay if um if you're buying computers from i b m back in the day, okay um you're not gonna trust IBM m a hundred percent you know it's just so they're they they're your vendor. You're working with them, a partner, whatever you want to call the relationship. But they're a separate company, and, you know, they have their own reasons for doing things, and they're trying to manage things as best as possible. And you're coming in, you know, from your point of view as, you know, a user slash webmaster, we have different point of views than what Google has, you know, trying to run all these databases. And all these data centers across, you know, the U.S. and even internationally. So, that's not a, a fun project that I'd want to uh, do. With, you know, a lot of those engineers are hands over at Google.
2: Yeah, there's an article we linked to from uh, Webmaster World uh, from uh, one of the more recent hires at Google. Her name, oh, what's her name? Anna something or other. Cannot remember it. She came from archive.org, you know, from the Wayback Machine. Uh-huh. And they have a huge pile of data to handle there, too, as you can imagine. And she wrote, a, a, besides some of the more recent Google patents that she's been on, she wrote a really interesting article about why running your own search engine is difficult. And it's a real eye-opener for anybody who reads it, because uh, it's just, you know, you're really up against something. I, I know that uh, just a simple thing like running analysis on uh, a given site, especially if I get a new client where we're really not on the same page yet about what we're doing. I look at the data and this and that doesn't line up and then I find out they configured their their log files in some really odd way. <laughs> and there's a lot of uh options <laughs> particularly if you're running a Windows server. There's a lot of options. You gotta watch out. You gotta know your technology, you know? So again in, in a case like that, <laughs> it'd be very interesting. You, you know, if, if if Google's numbers are one way and your numbers are completely another way, maybe maybe you've got a problem, too, with your numbers. Maybe you've been ignoring certain things. I don't know. You know, you oh, got, yeah. got to dig. Uh, you got to dig. I'm I mean, it's because similar, I had a,
1: a similar experience um, <laughs> a few weeks ago. I'm yeah. looking at this guy's log files, and I'm trying to do, you know, extract good data from it. And it's not until I crunch, you know, I downloaded six months of his data and was just running a huge, you know, program on this. And once I finally get all the results, it turns out that they only recorded one single IP uh, address. (laughs) (laughs) They recorded his IP address as the referring IP address. So Uh, I didn't know if it was Googlebot, a human visitor, or anything, you know, and just, Something a simple mistake like that can really destroy a lot of useful data for you,
2: oh, you bet,, yeah. I guess the only thing that's worse than that is having good data but never looking at it, yeah, <laughs> which is unfortunately a really common flaw too,
1: oh man, um. <laughs> It's always scary when you're um, asking a new client about, you know, hey, what do they do for, you know, tracking and, you know, uh, handling their log files. Mm-hmm. And they ask what a log file is and, you know, where is it? <laughs> you know, did it come with the computer? No. Um.
2: <laughs> I, I uh, yeah, just in a horror story of that, of that direction. And this is on a Windows server, but um, I had a client who owned... Uh, 1300 domain names. Most mm-hmm. of them were for brand name protection and type in traffic and that kind of thing. You know, they weren't really running pages, they were 301 redirecting to their main domain. I got the log files and I only got the logs for any redirects that happened. They weren't logging the actual traffic on the site, on the main website at all. <laughs> So I was like, well, this is not good, except that I can tell you which domains are worth your investment and which ones aren't.
1: (laughs) I can tell you which one was worth the $10 domain registration fee, but... Right. uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, and this is, you just mentioned it earlier, a webmaster's um, focus with data is going to be very different than the IT department's focus. So it's that kind of... Interaction is really critical. Uh, you can have somebody, and same thing with a programmer. you can have somebody who's just a brilliant programmer in many ways, but you know he's just not focused in the way that somebody with more of a marketing head would be.
1: yeah and it's not saying the it. guys in companies are doing a bad job. It's just they're trying to find the most efficient way for them to code a website, okay? And the most efficient way might not be the most optimized for search engine, and the most helpful for internet marketing.
2: You know, that's so. exactly the issue. It's exactly the issue, and um, you know, it, it it goes on. Well, you know, anybody who's been building web pages for years knows what it was like to just smack together a web page so that it came up and looked right on a browser. That's what you cared about. No thought about anything behind the scenes, you know, just sort of a cowboy code kind of thing. And there's still an awful lot of tag soup out there because of it. Most people have learned that there's a little more finesse involved if you want to do really well. Um, but that's not true necessarily for your IT department or your uh, a pure tech programming guy. He's still back in that stage of, look, if I got the right page to show up on your screen, what more do you want?
1: Yeah, and they were so helpful. Um, One of the IT departments I recently worked with, they uh, coded it a beautiful mod rewrite that it would return a 200 uh, OK code if you typed in any URL as long as it ended with the right four-digit number. (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) You know, we Um, mod rewrite. There you go. Boy, what a crazy place that is. You do it right and you have got, you know, you think you killed the golden goose. <laughs> you do <Yeah>. it wrong <laughs> and you could have years of hell.
1: Um, so I'm looking at this, you know, this site and I'm like, that's great. But now I don't, like, I can't even comprehend how many duplicate pages they have because it's whenever somebody was typing out a link and made a single typo in the keyword because it was supposed to be keyword hyphen 4 digit code. CML, mm-hmm. And as long as the four-digit code was, it would render properly.
2: There you go. Yeah,
1: and of course, as we all know, there's thousands of keyword combinations. Widgets, plural, singular, red widget, blue widget. And of course, they used all those links, so it's,
2: yeah. Um, yeah, I took, that, I took that kind of a thing with one... Uh with one IT department, I showed them that you could, you could as long as you had the number right, you could type in their competitor's name, <laughs> and it would still come up. <laughs> that kind of shook them up. I said, what do you think is going to happen if somebody starts linking to you like this? <laughs> uh, that's and that's, not that's actually you, not brings necessarily up these, what like you're trying point. to do.
1: Um, with duplicate content issues, how concerned do you think the average webmaster should be about duplicate content on their site?
2: Okay, you're talking about real duplicate content and not duplicate URLs for the same content, because those are really, in my mind, two very different issues that people tend to get crossed wires about. Um, if you're just using the same content in two spots, mm-hmm. or three spots, something like that, what you're up against is not a penalty problem, uh, but you're up against the fact that you're letting Google decide which of those pages is the one that's going to be returned. One of them's going to show up. One of them's going to get filtered out or clustered out. And uh, it's not a penalty for you. You're not getting a black mark on your site. But you not, might not be getting the traffic to the page that's best for your visitor. I mean, yeah. it's only an algo. It's, it's not going to be able to think like you do. So in those cases, I think you need to use whatever techniques you can, namely uh, the robot's text and the robot's meta tag, to direct Google as to which page of this, which URL for this content is the right thing. Um, No freak out. There's no penalty involved here unless you have an entire website where everything shows up in three spots or something like that. But there are other issues with duplicate content. The duplicate URL problem, fix it. I mean, absolutely fix it. What, what you were just describing there, Greg, with mm-hmm. uh, you know, type in any keyword at all, and as long as the number's right, you're just opening yourself up to all kinds of trouble. Yeah. And you will if you start, if Google starts seeing a whole bunch of URLs. I, I think I should mention one of the common ways that people get into this duplicate URL penalty problem. Is if you leave, um, if you think you have what's called a custom 404 page, but it doesn't really return a 404 header. Okay, <laughs> another this favorite is of mine. This I see so often. It's returning a 302 header, so any URL that people type in gets indexed as your error page because it gets indexed that way, and all of a sudden you look like a spammer. You fit the profile. And um, you don't want to do that. <laughs> so you, you want to watch the duplicate URL problems. And another area you want to watch is, and people are really fuzzy on this, is what uh, Adam Flasnick from Google calls boilerplate template. You have a good chunk of, you know, like a, disc, a legal disclaimer that goes on for about eight eight or nine lines or something like that, and you're reprinting that on every page. You're, <clears throat> you're confusing the algorithm. You know, you gotta mm-hmm. find a way to do it. A simple couple of words that link to one place where that boilerplate exists or put it in a a GIF image or frame it if so you that, have to yeah, put something so that that text doesn't look like it's part of every page on your site. It's a big, big help. Yeah, and
1: a lot of people make that mistake with their uh, their template code. You know, they uh, just repeat way too much stuff on every single page, and they don't realize what a search engine's doing. A search engine is going to your site, and a robot, not a human person, but a robot just strips out all the code. So if you're repeating like, you know, 10, 20 kilobytes, and I've seen examples of this, you know, on pages and there's only like one kilobyte of uniqueness. Yeah. You know, if you have less than five percent uniqueness, you're going to be in a world of hurt. There. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yep, yeah. and and it's really very simple for somebody once he, once he, you're clear about the issue, it should be obvious that computer code's not going to be able to figure this out. That you're going to have to help the computer because you know Google's just a bunch of computer code.
1: And again, that base that goes back to the whole basic of what search engine optimization is about. You know, um, some people might say it's black hat tricks, and it's you know different things that you're not supposed to talk about and they're secrets. Really, you're just trying to make your website as friendly as possible and as easy as possible for the search engines to you know apply their algorithms to your website, um, and that's all. You know, so. Don't make it hard for the search engines to do their jobs. It's hard enough with billions of web pages out there. And you know, for them to run a database of all this stuff, that's hard enough for them. Don't make it any harder with you know, improper status codes or amounts of I- improperly uh, coded pages, all that stuff. Make it easy for them. Um, but I do have a, a little debate. I'd like to get in with you for a little bit. All right filter versus a penalty.
2: Ah, oh. <laughs> oh, I kind of touched on that a little bit with duplicate content, didn't I?
1: Yeah, and yeah. I actually will go slightly different than your stance, because right. from my point of view, and yes, I would say a penalty is worse than a filter, but basically it's doing the same thing. It's getting rid of, you know, pages out of the index, and it's reducing the chance that you're going to be indexed, you know, like get traffic from the index.
2: Well, let me give you a little quibble. A filter is not, not getting a page out of the index. It's just filtering it out of a particular SERP, a particular results page. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yes. So I... And right there, you get some sense of how I feel the difference between an index and a, and a uh, filter. Also, and this is something that... Folks at, at Big G have been saying for a long time they're moving away from <clears throat> the filter model. I mean, sorry, the uh, penalty model. Mm-hmm. This idea that, you know, okay, here's a URL or worse than that, a domain name, and it doesn't pass our tests, so we're going to give it a zap, you know. That is not exactly what's happening anymore. Uh, even an area where something you might call a penalty is being applied, <clears throat> like this uh, almost inscrutable end of results, minus 950 thing, it's not like <clears throat> there's some kind of a tag on your website or your URL. If They've got a sophisticated algorithm of some kind that's running over the search results and doing an extra operation to throw things around. But it's happening almost in runtime, <clears throat> or it might be. In most cases, it's going to be a kind of cached thing. But still, it's a it's it's a last minute thing. It's not a black mark against you. And that's the difference with a penalty. Uh, if a penalty, and, and right, is and the, that's hand applied, why I would say penalty is worse than the filter.
1: But yeah. they're still doing the same thing.
2: Oh uh, yeah, End result, no traffic, right. <laughs> and that's that's. Good, but the means, it means that the fixing is a whole different ballgame. Sometimes a hand applied penalty is going to have to be lifted by hand. You're mm-hmm. not going to get. You know what I mean? They've done a hand job on you. They're going to have to unhand job you. That's just it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, one example which is at the forefront of this is um, the diamonds industry. Okay, diamonds, ton of money. So of course, it really has embraced the online marketplace. Okay, And by ton of money, I mean, we're talking crazy money can be made uh, buying and selling diamonds online. Now, here's the problem. With a diamond, there's only about four factors that make it unique. Okay? The color, the size, uh, the cut, and the clarity. Okay? Yeah. So it's not like a product description that's eight lines long. It's like four letters. <laughs> Because most of the, you know, the four uh, qualities of a diamond are on a letter scale, you know, um, or a number scale. So you're talking like four characters. And for Google to go and visit a diamond website, even if you have 10,000 different diamonds, it's so hard for them to have uniqueness to their pages that most of the diamond websites have their pages filtered out.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are, that, that's, an, that's a good example. That, that particular market, and there are others like it. But that's—I did a little bit of play in the diamond area and in the jewelry area. Pearl is a little bit like that too. Um, yeah, it's a doozy, and yeah. uh, it, it requires a person to get creative if you really want to dominate. One of the things in a market like diamond jewelry or whatever, uh, is that you're probably going to be doing... I, I just wanted to throw a little thing in here. You're going to be doing competitive analysis. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. <laughs> you know, if you're not, I don't know why you're in the business. And you're going to mm-hmm. come up against mysteries. Why the devil can these people rank the way they do, you know? Not not because of it's bad, just because it's not that good, you know? And you look at the backlinks, you look at whatever... The big mystery that I find that people miss when they do competitive analysis, and I don't honestly know uh, a good way to go at this programmatically, but it's the 301 redirect. Mm -hmm. If somebody, if you are in the business of buying up decent websites that are on your topic and they have good PR, good backlinks, whatever, and you 301 redirect, that's invisible to you as a, you know, to your competition that force behind your website is invisible um, very, very hard to track down unless you unless you they've made a mistake and they're hosting everything on the same IP address or some such thing as that so it's just a factor that people should keep in mind when they get puzzled about why their competition can do what it does. It's not always some kind of black hat trick unless you yes. consider 301 redirects a black hat trick.
1: I mean, it could be something, as you're saying, you know, as simple as they bought out the competition or they had multiple websites and they just combined them in 301 redirects. Yep. And so even though they have like, you know, 20 or 30 or even 100 backlinks and they're ranking number one when everybody else has 10,000 backlinks, um, check out, you know, I'm telling you, It's probably going to be a 301 redirect,
2: and it's real hard. That's right. It's real hard. I I, I mean, I know of a relatively recent case, uh, two websites. One was PR5, one was PR7. The 301, taking the the PR5 offline and Mm -hmm. redirecting it to the PR7 became a PR8 instantly. And it also started ranking for some words that didn't make a whole lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But it can happen, you know, because that backlink influence, if you have trust, if you don't have a lot of black marks in your history with Google with those domains, um, the 301 backlink influence is going to pass right on through. They're going to okay it, and it's going to do it. So that's a big mystery for a lot of people that I thought I should mention.
1: Yeah, and that, I'm actually really happy you mentioned it because that is overlooked so much, um, and a lot of people don't understand that one at all. Um, But let's take a quick commercial break, listen to our fabulous sponsors, and we'll be right back. Everybody, stay tuned. Stick around. Good karma.
0: We'll be back after this short break. Excellent, excellent. Excellent. From WMR Studios, from Academy Award-winning producer, Mr. Producer, and Academy Award-winning director, Mr. Intern, comes a two-hour roller coaster ride of thrills. Excited about the, uh,
1: Different things that are going on here. Chills. Wow. That's excellent. And pure adrenaline.
0: How are you doing today, Greg? Excellent. 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 And again, sounds like the show's going pretty well for you. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Next Stuff Now's Chris Tolls. Excellent. And uh, welcome to Next Stuff Now. Good karma's good ROI, Greg
1: Nyland. Trying to put your hole in the dam with all the cracks. You know, as soon as you get one, there's always a new one.
0: Excellent. Starring the blockbuster event of the summer, Chris and Greg's excellent adventure. Um, yeah, that's excellent. Critics hail it as the best buddy movie of the year. East meets West in this laugh-out-loud box office classic. Excellent. You'll cry, you'll cheer for Chris and Greg's Excellent Adventure, rated EX4. Excellent. Check out Next up Now with Chris Tolls, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, and Good Karma, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio. Coming soon to a podcast near you. Excellent. Know how to get the best return on your advertising dollar? ClickSore.com. Yeah, ever since we began marketing with more precise content, target technology from ClickSore.com, we've seen a huge jump in visitors converting to buyers for just over one-third of a cent per view. To get over 300 categories, unlimited keywords and ad placement on over 100,000 sites, click on clicksor.com today. That's clicksor.com. Your bottom line will thank you. ClickSore.com delivers where it matters for you. Now, back to Good Karma, only
1: on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hey, everybody. Greg Nolan here with Mr. Tedster. Um, by the way, Ted, um, for anybody that's interested, where can they find more of your interesting writings and thoughtful insights?
2: Well, the, the, the place is Webmaster World. It's, uh, it's pretty much, I made a decision, uh, quite a while back now, uh, not to involve myself in any other kind of public venture and to focus all my energy at Webmaster World. So I got no blog to speak of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't even comment on other people's blogs except maybe once a year. So what I write, it's all on Webmaster, uh, Webmaster World. Where I'm, as you said, I'm the mod in uh, Google. I'm a mod in HTML and browsers, and I'm also a site admin. There you go, keeping it all easy for us to keep track of you over there. If I tried to do anything else, I'd never make any money.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is the
1: problem. Uh, you know, balancing the amount of time that we spend on, you know, message boards and forums and reading blogs and than actually spending all that time versus actually applying everything that we're learning.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I sometimes wonder how folks like Danny Sullivan can can do what they do, you know, because it often looks like they're spread really thin.
1: Yeah, I uh, think he is one of the happiest people that RSS uh, readers were uh, developed. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, um, All right, so... Let's see. Running short on time here. A lot of stuff still to cover, so let's see how much we can squeeze in the next five minutes here. All right. All right. So we're going to do lightning round here. Uh, Paid links. Good, bad, indifferent. Why should people care one way or the other?
2: What a hell of a topic for a lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paid links. Good. Well equals no follow. Really strange. Uh, Uh. I think the quickest thing that I could say on my opinion is I don't honestly feel that there's anything wrong with a declaration that content has been paid for with some consideration. Offline, I think there's a law about it. Uh, Whether such declarations should be machine-readable and whether that can be required, I don't know. We're not there yet. It's a technological problem. I'm not happy with the the current attempted solution to it. It's just weird. Okay. <laughs> but paid links, my God, you you can do some good things for your business with paid links.
1: Yeah, and if you do the right paid links, you'll actually uh, do good advertising. Um, one example, uh, I have a paid link that's running on a website. And I'll admit, I do paid links, um, but I will also say that I do them on related sites. And if you count the amount of click-throughs, and I'm not talking like, you know, search engine spiders, I'm talking about human click-throughs, I'm buying traffic for less than five cents a click. A <laughs> there you go. very competitive market.
2: I don't have any ad words that are that low. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, not anymore with their smart pricing.
2: That's right. Um, <laughs>
1: smart for them, not so much for us, Um, but no, so I mean, if you do text link advertising, um, really that's what it is, it's advertising, Um, and, you know, just because you're buying stuff, you know, if you're smart, you'll actually get good converting traffic. All right, continuing with lightning round, uh, 302 hijacking, still an issue, or is people just still, you know, the sky is falling?
2: Um. Not so much an issue. They've done a good job at Google handling it. Uh, It blinks in and out as an issue. Um, I'm not sure why that is. You think they've got it pretty handled, and and, then for a month or so, all of a sudden, it's working. But if I were uh, doing any Black Hat SEO, I wouldn't depend on it as a way to go. Um,
1: What are good non-Google resources?
2: Non-Google resources for what? For traffic? About Google. About Google?
1: Yeah. Mm. The most obvious, of course, Webmaster World Google Forum, where you hang out.
2: Yeah, and check out the links that go to the U.S. Patent Office, because this isn't a poker game. If they want to own their technology, they have to patent it. So... Some of them are pretty tough reading, but you can get some nice insights from reading, especially the more recent patents. Yeah, Um, and after you read it
1: the 10th time, it might start to make sense to you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and as a matter of fact, you just tripped my mind. I'm wondering about Ask.com, and if I did some Google-related searches there, what kind of folders I might turn up. Ask.com is a pretty nifty little uh, resource, especially right now because they're not... They're not getting spam attacked, you know, because <laughs> uh, they're not a major traffic source.
1: Yes. Um, I will say Ask.com is doing some of the most interesting stuff out there. Yeah. Um, and I'm really rooting for them, if for no other reason than I'm the owner of AskSucks.com.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> if, you'll notice if you go to Ask.com, they don't have a link operator. They are playing poker with their their uh, algorithm even more than Google does
1: Yep. Um, And this looks like it'll be the final question, so let's make it a good one. Um, What is the um, worst Google myth for newbies out there?
2: (laughs) Oh, dear me. The worst one is kind of what I think is is what I, well, well, more general, what I touched on earlier. Thinking of Google as a person or a business that's kind of on the scale of your business, So it's like a one-on-one relationship. Most, I think the other, the the next biggest myth that I'm coming up with all the time is conspiracy theories about the relationship between AdSense and AdWords and the organic rankings. Believe me, put that away. It's a fruitless way for you to think it would be a destructive way for Google to go. They're too smart. They're not going to do it. I believe the Chinese wall between AdSense and AdWords and organic search is very, very much in place.
1: Yeah, and the last time they met, three people went to the hospital. So <laughs> they clearly yeah. keep their secrets to themselves, you know. I
2: mean, they really, honestly, if you if you if you really sit back and think about it, they're. <coughs> No, your your rankings didn't go up or down because you bought AdWords or published AdSense. It didn't happen that way. That's not the reason. That's not the cause. Forget about it.
1: Right. Um, but, of course, Google would love you to use more of their products. And as much as <laughs> Heck, anybody that's in business wants that. Exactly. You know, I want everybody to listen to Webmaster Radio. So. Um, your site will go up in rankings if you listen to Webmaster Radio because I just said so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's direct cause and effect.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, thanks so much, Ted. Any final words of wisdom?
2: Ah, no. <laughs> Fresh
1: out. Short and sweet. That's what we like. All right. Everybody out there, have an g- excellent week and thanks again, Ted.
2: All right. Bye bye.